Hello there. My name is Paul Beck from Engage with Success. And today I bring you another episode of Midlife Momentum. How to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. Midlife does not have to be about crisis. It's an opportunity for change. And over the next 15 minutes, I'll be sharing with you simple steps and useful skills to guide you. I want you to think of these as a roadmap to overcoming fears and unlocking potential. This will help you to tackle life's challenges and reach your most inspirational goals. It's about developing a strong mindset and building mental fitness. With these tools, you can create a balanced life filled with success and satisfaction. So please see these 15 minutes as a valuable investment in yourself, and they can lead to motivation, mobilization, and momentum. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate your company. So let's talk about midlife, the midlife years. If you are hoping to live to 80, about 40 years of age, you're in midlife. For many of us, we're now hoping for 90, even 100. So it could be 45, even 50 years of age when you start to feel stuck or you start thinking about your legacy or, or financial freedom for the rest of your life because you could be retiring in the next few years. And for many of us, this big change really happens when we're as late as 60 years of age. So you've probably heard of midlife crisis. I don't want to think of it as that. It will be for some people. It will be a midlife meltdown, but it doesn't have to be. Midlife is when we get a little older, we get a little wiser, we tend to calm down a little bit, and we really can make the second half of our life the best half of our life. Now, there is a journey. If you're looking to change, there is a journey. And I want to share this with you right now so you know what we're talking about today. So self-mastery is what we're really all about today. Self-mastery, becoming the best version of ourself. And I want you to look at the very bottom of this mountain, because this is where the vast majority of people are in what we call self-restriction. And this is really like a, a victim mentality. It's because you're blaming everything that's going on outside rather than taking control and mastering it yourself. So self-restriction could be that you're blaming the government, blaming the economy, blaming your boss, uh, blaming the fact that you got made redundant, blaming the fact that your partner left you. There's all sorts of things that happen to us in life. And it doesn't have to be because we've hit 40, 50 or 60. These can happy, happen at any point. But if you are struggling, if you do feel stuck, if you feel that you just can't get the momentum that you want in life and life ain't that great, this broadcast is certainly for you. Now, the journey is moving into self-recognition so we can recognize the problems that we've got or the ways that we think or the emotions that we feel on a daily basis. And then we can start to regulate them. And then once we get through regulation and we really feel like we are controlling our lives, we get the opportunity then to move into self-reverence, which is when we're in this state of bliss, when we're enjoying everything, gratitude, appreciation. And then finally, we move into self-realization. Now, the, these are lofty goals. These aren't something that we're going to uh, uh, be able to get to in the next week or so. This takes mastery. This takes work. And if you don't work, if you just listen to this podcast, if you just listen to the information I share, if you just go and buy a book on motivation or go do workshops or listen to YouTube all day long, nothing will change. You need to change. And I can promise you, I have clients that have changed their life dramatically. They've given up their jobs, gone to work at a different place. They've, they've changed countries. They've gone to live somewhere else. And yet the same problems come back. Because wherever you go, there you are. What does that mean? Wherever you go, there you are. 
the way you think, the way you feel, the way you behave are with you no matter what. And so if you change job, those same thoughts, those same ideas, those same feelings, those same philosophies, those same behaviors will go with you. And even if you change country, all of that same thought, all of those same behaviors, all of those same emotions are traveling with you. So wherever you go, there you are. And it may not be as drastic as changing country. It could just be changing relationships a new partner, yet it feels like it's the same old, same old, same old. It happens every time. So this is the journey we're talking about. Now, today I want to start on self-restriction. If you look at the very, very bottom, how do you know if you are in self-restriction? Well, I've written down 15 ways to identify that, and I've given myself 15 minutes, so I've got to plow through these because we're already five minutes in. So the first one is if you're blaming external factors. We just talked about that. If you realize that, yeah, you are blaming your boss, you are blaming your company, you are blaming a redundancy, you are blaming the weather, you are blaming your finances, you are blaming the economy, you are blaming the government, then there's a very good chance that you are in self-restriction because you need to take responsibility. And I know that when you first hear that, that's a a bit of a poke in the eye. You're like, whoa, 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 that's not my fault. I got made redundant. That's not my fault. I know, I know, I know. But if you want to become empowered and make change and be able to live life on your terms, you need to take responsibility. And again, more of this will be unveiled as we go through the podcasts. Second one is a lack of motivation. If you're not motivated, if you just feel like hey, it is what it is and it's going to be like this and I can't really change it, then you certainly need to be listening to these tools and tips. Procrastination. That's a big one I hear from my clients. They, they come to me and they, they know that they want to change. They can feel the need to change. And yet they start, they try and they fail. And that's what I call the failure cycle. I'll spend a, another broadcast talking about that so you can really understand how it works and how it works against you but most importantly how you can change that at any time then we've got lack of progress this is something that we hear this is number four by the way number four out of 15 lack of progress you just feel like you're trying to do things but you're not getting anywhere and that's because with the same thoughts and the same emotions and the same behaviors you're going to go round and round and round in circles and you can try harder and harder and harder but if you believe a particular way nothing's going to change you will need to change the way you think. And by changing your thoughts, things around you start to change. Resistance to change is a big one. You know, lots of people want to change, but they just don't know how to do it. And that's why I've got this structure in place, because we will first move in to self-recognition. Once you can recognize what's holding you back, once you can recognize why you could be spinning the wheels faster and faster and faster, but you're not getting anywhere, then you can start to regulate it. And that means you're making change. And so feeling stuck is a big one. Lots of people come to me that they call that midlife crisis. You know, I feel stuck. I'm stuck in a relationship. I'm stuck in a job. I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. And they just can't do it. Let's go on to number seven, settling for mediocrity. So if you've got to a place where you just feel like you're doing your job and maybe you're just doing it for the money now, you're just doing it to pay the bills. Well, that's mediocrity, because if you're not enjoying your job, if you're not working as hard as you can, if you're motivated and excited by it, then maybe you need to change jobs. And just by doing that, you can become excited again. But don't settle for mediocrity. You want to become the best that you can absolutely be. Here's a big one. Number eight, fear of failure. Fear of failure is big for many, many people. And they 
may be suffering from mental barriers from his, their childhood. You know, it could be many, many years. They could have been experiencing this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I'm not saying it's your parents. It may have been. Maybe you had a parent that told you you're useless all your life. Can you imagine that? If from an early age, at say five, six, seven, you were told you're useless, you're useless, you'll never be anything. Imagine that week after week, month after month, year after year. What sort of impact would that have on you? Or perhaps you were abused in some way. And again, this may not be parents. This could be a friend of your parents. This could be a teacher. There are lots of horror stories that we hear. And so you're just finding it hard to shake that. And you're saying, that's not my fault. That happened to me. Correct. But you can take responsibility for the way that you're dealing with it. And that's when you become empowered. That's what this is all about. Do not fear failure. Failure is simply feedback. I can do a whole broadcast on that for you. Okay, predictable emotions. So if day in and day out, you're simply feeling the same thing over and over and over again. Now you get up, you go to work, you get in the car, you drive home, you have dinner, you watch TV, you go to bed, you get up, you have your breakfast, you get back in the car, you go back to work. And it's the same thing day in and day out. And maybe there are days when you do get pumped up. What triggers that? Let's find out what that is. Maybe there are times when you just get annoyed easily and you don't even know why. These are emotions that are coming round and round and round again. Resistance to feedback. This could be your partner telling you doesn't like the way that you behave. This could be your kids telling you they don't like the way you behave. This could be your boss saying you need to change something. This could be your parents telling you you need to change something. Feedback is an important thing. Because from that feedback, if we don't just take it as criticism and get annoyed by it, that feedback can be useful. It doesn't mean we failed. It means we need to tweak things. We need to change things. So this is the sort of thing. This is the recognition. And now we can go and regulate that. Now we can change it. You see how this structure is starting to work now? I'll just put it on the screen one more time. So if you look at the bottom, self-restriction, this is where you may be at the moment. And, and maybe there are times when you do recognize things. Maybe you've already got into personal development, self-help, and you started to recognize it. Or maybe you, you, you have an outbreak of anger every now and again, and you recognize that. Maybe you've even gone for coaching. Maybe you've gone for counseling. So you do recognize it. Well, the next step is regulation, and that's getting it under control. Listen, if some of these things seem a bit deep and a bit heavy, I do this for breakfast. This is what I do. So if you are struggling with anything I've mentioned so far, and we're only up to number 10, I've got five more to squeeze in, then please feel free to reach out. The easiest way to do that is go to engagewithsuccess.com. I also offer a free strategy call. So if you're thinking that you would like to chat to me and I can learn a bit more about you, uh, I'll put the details on the bottom of the screen. Go to engagewithsuccess.com. Okay, number 11, repetitive thoughts and actions. Now we are all creatures of habit. So please don't think you're weird or you're crazy or you're unusual. We are all creatures of habit. And in fact, it is said neuroscientists believe that now 90% of the thoughts that you have today, and you get around 40 to 60,000 a day, some neuroscientists are even saying it could be as many as 70, 80, even 90,000 a day. But let, let's go with what seems to be proven now, 40 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And 90% of those are the same as the day before the same as yesterday. So is it surprising that you end up on this loop, this failure cycle going round and round and round and round, that you're feeling stuck? 
if you're thinking the same thoughts and you're feeling the same feelings and you're behaving in the same way, nothing will change. And here's the beauty of it. I won't go into this now because I'm trying to keep this to 15 minutes, but just one degree of change, one tiny degree, not 180 degrees, not going in a different direction. One tiny degree is all it takes to start. And then you add a second degree and a third degree. I will spend an entire broadcast sharing this information with you so you can really understand how a tiny little shift can be the start of something big. Think of it as a little drip of water. If you had a little drip of water in your ceiling, with time, that drip's going to get bigger and bigger and faster and faster until eventually water's going to come crashing in through that ceiling. So think of it as a tiny little step in the right direction, which becomes a tsunami of action. That's what this journey is all about. Okay, let's move on to number 12, negative self-talk. Negative self-talk is something that you probably hear yourself doing day in and day out, talking to yourself. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at this. And sometimes we even hear ourselves saying this to other people. Maybe you said it to a friend, a colleague, a partner. Maybe you said it to your kids. I'm no good at that. I can't do maths. I can't do history. I'm no good at uh, fixing my car. If you say you're not any good at it, you're not going to get any better at it. You're just giving in on it. So it's really, really important that we start to focus on positive talk. And again, the ratio here is giant. It said that around 90% of our thoughts are negative and only 10% are positive. So you can imagine we're telling ourselves day in and day out that we're no good at something, that we can't do something. Yet if we could focus on that 10%, we can grow that muscle. And that's why I like to call it mental fitness, because this is a mental muscle. Just like you go to a gym and build up those muscles, you're going to build up these muscles, your neuro pathways. That's what we're working on here. Okay, let's go on to 13. This is a limited comfort zone. So that means if you're in a comfortable place and you're pretty happy where you are, by the way, let, let me make this clear. If you are happy in life, you're not struggling. You don't need any of this. And the chances are you're not even listening. But it's a midlife does not have to be about misery. Please don't think that. Midlife is just about change. Things are changing. We're getting older. We might become wiser. We might just feel bored. We might just feel stuck because of all the responsibilities we've got. There are lots of reasons, and I'll go into those on another broadcast. But the fact is, if you're in a limited comfort zone and you just tend to do the same things over and over and over again, hey, that might be comfortable, but it doesn't mean you're happy. And it doesn't mean that you'll be happy for a long time. So perhaps, you know, for the next week, two weeks, month, even a year, you're like, yeah, this is right. I can put up with this. But at some point, things might change. Now, here's the big danger. Most people don't change until they need to. Let me give you an example of that. A couple of examples, actually. Uh, smoking could be one. So if you now get lung cancer and you're told it's because of your smoking, then there's a very good chance you're going to change. You're going to change pretty quickly. And I say change, but some people still can't change, even with something as traumatic and dramatic as having cancer. They just they can't do it because they're creatures of habit and they can't change their their way of thinking. They can't change the emotional connection that they've got with the smoking. So it can be difficult. Another one is dieting. Maybe you've tried this. Maybe you try to go on a diet or maybe you try to go to the gym, try to get fitter. And yeah, you did well. Maybe even went out and bought a gym membership or you bought some equipment to work on. Or maybe you changed your diet and you started eating differently. And it was great for two, three, four weeks. But then it slowly went back to the way it was. 
This is being a creature of habit. This is staying in your comfort zone. Two more to squeeze in because I'm out of time. A limited social circle, same friends all the time. And maybe you need to break out of that and find new friends so you can start to think in new and better ways. Think above the crowd. And then finally, avoidance of discomfort. Change can be uncomfortable. And so if you stay comfortable, if you're afraid of discomfort, then the chances are you won't change. If any of these one, two, three, four, five of them perhaps resonate with you and you recognize that pattern in your own life, then make sure you tune in for the next episode because I'm going to help you go from self-restriction into self-recognition into self-regulation and together we can change your life. Look forward to seeing you again very, very soon.